through the letters of the Apostle Paul, we discover key focus areas as we pray for our local church and those in leadership. Through our faithful praying for the local church, we help communities of believers mature into Christ-likeness, fulfill God's purpose and walk in purity and holiness. Your prayers help God's people move forward in their journey of faith. Stay tuned for more. All right, why don't we stand to our feet and make our declaration this morning. So if you brought your Bible, I just want you to hold your Bible high up in the air and let's say this out loud, bold, and strong together. This is God's Word. This is God speaking to me. I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am in absolute surrender. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated, please. We've been uh, talking about ministering through prayer. The last couple of weeks, we're going to add another dimension to that, and then we will conclude this series on the last Sunday of this month, 31st of May. Really, the, the emphasis on this whole, in this whole series is that each one of us can serve God through prayer. Each one of us can minister through prayer. Many of us wonder, you know, how can I be useful for God? How can I serve the kingdom of God? And uh, some of us can preach, some of us can sing, some of us can do other things. But, you know, sometimes some of us feel like, feel like well, what can I do? You know, I, I don't have a certain talent. I don't have, I'm scared to stand up in front of people and talk to them. Uh, all those kinds of things are there. Uh, but here is a ministry that does not require any special talent, any special ability or gift. All it requires is our willingness to set that time aside and to pray, talk to God. So all of us, practically all of us, can be involved in this ministry of prayer. All of us can do it, just setting aside that time to seek God on behalf of other people, for other people. This morning, uh, we, we've talked about in the past, the past few Sundays, and last Sunday we talked about praying for our family, how you can pray for your family, pray for your spouse, pray, pray for your children, uh, and, and the powerful impact that has uh, for your family. And uh, if you missed it, I encourage you to just go ahead and uh, listen to that uh, online. This morning, we're going to talk about praying for the local church. And uh, what I really want to do is invite all of us, especially those of us who feel uh, that we are part of this local body for whatever duration, maybe you're here for a year or two years. I know people keep moving, but uh, for those of us who are part of this local body to really commit to praying for the local church. And that's a very powerful way, a very significant way that you can actually serve this community of believers, this body of believers. And of course, everything we say, and everything we talk about does not only apply to praying for us as a local church. You can pray for any church that God puts on your heart. So if you are here and you have a, 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 a burden for a community of believers, some other part of our nation or some other part of the world, you can pray. You can pray exactly the way we are going to learn today. You can pray for them and strengthen uh, the work that God is doing among them as well. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, that verse that we've been uh, using as our opening text for this series. Colossians chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Uh, here, Paul writes about a man named Epaphras, and he says in verse 12, who is one of you, he's telling the Colossians, he's one of you, a born servant of Christ, he greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers. That you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. 
For I bear him witness that he has a great zeal for you and those who are in Laodicea and those in Hierapolis. So Paul, like we mentioned last Sunday, at the time of this writing, when he's writing this epistle to the believers at Colossae, Paul is in prison. He's in prison in Rome. He's under house arrest. Uh, his movement is very restricted. Uh, and in that prison there, this is about uh, 62 AD, uh, sitting in that prison in Rome, uh, he writes four epistles. The one to Philippians, the Colossians, uh, Philemon, and one more, I forget. <laughs> Uh, he writes these four epistles uh, from, from the prison in Rome. Now, as he writes to the believers at Colossae, he is writing about this man named Epaphras. And, and Epaphras is actually one of the founders, the person, one of the persons who pioneered the church in Colossae several years ago. When he hears that Paul is in prison in Rome, he travels from Colossae all the way to Rome to be with Paul in, during his imprisonment. He's there with Paul. But Paul notices something about Epaphras. He notices that although Epaphras is away from his church, he's there in Rome, he's laboring fervently. He's intensely laboring for the believers in Colossae. This is about 2,000 plus miles away. He's laboring for them through prayer. He's praying for them. And he's praying that they will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. The very same thing that we try to accomplish through our preaching and teaching, Epaphras is trying to achieve through prayer. And so we drew this parallel last Sunday, how that uh, prayer, ministry through prayer, is, is, is directed towards the same results that we try to accomplish with the preaching and the teaching of God's word, which is to help believers be perfect and complete in the will of God for their lives. Epaphras is doing the same thing. He's praying for them. And he says, I bear witness, he has great zeal for you. I mean, he's very zealous in the work of the Lord. He's very zealous for these people. And not only is he praying for the believers in Colossae, but he's also praying for the believers in two other cities. About 10 or 12 kilometers away from Colossae, there's a city called Laodicea. And there's another city called Hierapolis. And Epaphras is praying for believers in all these three cities. The communities of churches, he's praying for them. He's laboring for them. So I want to invite you that... Uh, and remind us, invite us, uh, and call us to this place where we labor for the local church by praying for the believers. Amen? You, me, we together pray for the church. Now when I say pray for the church, obviously it does not mean you pray for everybody by name. You cannot do that. If you just take our English congregation, we are about an average 750 people. We've got our Nepali, we've got our Kandra services. Oh, you can't name all of them. You can't do that. But you can pray over the community of believers. And yes, maybe you've got certain people who've uh, requested you for prayer. At that particular time, you can name those people and you pray for them specifically. But overall, for the church as a community, we engage in prayer. I want to encourage each one of you. Let's labor together in prayer for the local church. For us as a local church. Paul the Apostle was a man who, who served God uh, in, a very, in a very significant way. And most of his labors in, 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 in expanding the, 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 uh, the work of God's kingdom during the early church centered around the Mediterranean Sea. And he traveled all around that region. So if you look at the modern day map, this would be the northern part of Africa, uh, parts, of, parts of Egypt. More along to the Middle East through Israel, Lebanon, Syria. And then you go across the other side of the, Medi uh, the northern side of the Medi Mediterranean. It's Turkey. And then you go across over. You get come over into Italy. And this is a region where the Apostle Paul labored. He traveled. He made several journeys covering many of the cities in this region. Now, when we talk about cities in Bible times, remember they are very different from cities in our day. In those days, cities maybe had a few hundred people. That was a city. So sometimes you read in the Bible, the whole city was gathered together at the door. You know? It's like, wow, how did they all do that? Because cities in those days maybe had a few hundred people maximum. Jerusalem, they said, probably had about 100,000 uh, people. Uh, it wasn't very large numbers uh, in those days. So when we talk, and many of them 
average around 10,000 people. So when Paul comes to Corinth or in Ephesus, you're talking about a city of about a few hundred, few thousand people. That's the kind of numbers we're talking about. And Paul traveled through over and over in these regions, planting churches. And he describes a little bit about what he went through in his ministry for us in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. I want to pick up these, this passage there. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11, starting from verse 23, as Paul describes his ministry, what he actually went through in planting these churches. In verse 23 he says, are they ministers of Christ? He's talking about others. I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep, meaning in the ocean. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentile that is in dangers. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil. In sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst. In fastings often. In cold and nakedness. Now imagine if you put out an employment opportunity with this description. Saying we are looking for a pastor. <laughs> or we are looking for a servant. Or we are looking for a minister. Here's what you are going to do. I don't think we're going to get even a single application these days. But this is what the Apostle Paul went through. In doing what he did in his day. Dangers. Shipwrecks so often. Spending nights on the ocean, on the sea. Holding on to probably a wooden plank. Waiting for somebody to come and rescue him. Gone through stripes and imprisonments and and forced to fast and be in hunger and sometimes robbed of his own clothes. Because those days, you had to travel. If you travel by road, you travel in a caravan. And there were robbers waiting to attack the caravan, strip you off of everything. You had to travel through seas, across the ocean. So, you know, in these days, things are so different. You know, we complain of the in-flight service. You know, they don't bring the water on time. <laughs> or there's not enough air conditioning, you know. We complain of those things. I mean, look, and, 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 and sometimes if we have to travel by train, we think, God, I'm suffering so much for you. you know? <laughs> the Apostle Paul went through so much just to preach the gospel, just to get the word of God out to that entire region that he was working in. And so I want to challenge us, you know, I mean, look, if he paid that kind of a price, what are we doing? For the sake of God's kingdom. I mean if it gets too warm. We don't even show up in church. You know. It's too hot. I'll watch it online. <laughs> Come on. We've got to go past that comfort. And uh, he didn't stop there. I want us to read the next two verses in that passage. He says in verse 28. Besides the other things. What comes upon me daily. My deep concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is made to stumble and I do not burn with indignation? So what Paul is saying is this. You know, leaving aside all these practical things, all these hardships. Not only, do I, not only am I going through all these practical things in order to establish these churches and expand the kingdom of God. He says, besides all this. There is something that comes upon me every day. It is this deep burden, this deep concern, this deep responsibility for all these churches. Now we do not, do not know exactly how many churches the Apostle Paul planted. Uh, some estimate at least 20 churches because of all the cities that he traveled through. He planted at least 20 and through the people that he raised up, several more. And through the churches he planted several more. So the number... You know, could, could be very large. And Paul carried 
this deep concern, this deep burden, if you will, this deep sense of responsibility for all these churches. To the point where he said, when if somebody is weak, I feel weak. If somebody stumbles, if somebody in any one of these churches uh, goes astray, uh, commits something amiss, I am agitated. I feel anger. I feel it because I'm concerned about all these churches. You know, sometimes we think being a pastor is such a nice thing, right? You get to talk to all these people every Sunday. And then you get to go on these planes, you travel all over these places. And, and, and we get this wrong idea of being a minister of God. It's, you know, you get to stay in all these five-star hotels and all of that. But really, you know, uh, it's, aside from all of the practicalities of being in, in ministry, sometimes we do not understand this deep responsibility that comes on people, on pastors, on those who are taking responsibility. For instance, right here, right here at APC, we've got five locations, people in five different locations. And only English congregations, but we've got the Nepali church that's got several locations. We've got the Kannada church that's got several locations. And so we've got to oversee all of them. And, and some, at sometimes in a week, there could be calls from so many different people reaching out for help. It could be young people. It could be marriages in problem. It could be uh, other kinds of things happening. Uh, parents are struggling with their children. All, kind of, all reaching out for help. The pressure is tremendous. And you, sometimes you don't even understand it. You think like, whoa. It's pretty a casual, nice life. You know, you come and preach on Sundays. And, but you don't understand. You don't see the weight of responsibility. And not only that, we've got eight other locations around the country. So anything happens in those churches. And some of the, some of the people that we've trained and released, they're responsible, still responsible. So that, that responsibility, the concern, the burden there for these congregations, for this church, for people, is sometimes it's, it's not very apparent. It's behind the scene and you don't see it. And that is why I want to invite each one of us to labor together for the church through your prayer. You help carry the burden. You help carry the responsibility for our congregations in Bangalore through your prayer. For our congregations outside the city through your prayer as you pray. And that is what Paul the Apostle did. He wrote several epistles in addition to all the journeys that he made, Paul the Apostle wrote several epistles. And when I say wrote epistles, don't think about him sitting in front of a laptop typing. He had to handwrite these epistles on parchment or leather. And as he was traveling, starting from his second missionary journey, Paul the Apostle wrote several epistles. And if you look at them chronologically, you will see that uh, the first epistle he wrote was the epistle to the Thessalonians, First and Second Thessalonians, that he wrote during his second missionary journey. He, during his second missionary journey, he had just traveled out of, his, his home church was uh, the church at Antioch in Syria, the northern tip of Syria. He traveled out of there, he traveled through the, the region of Galatia, he went through Lystra, Iconium, Derby, Lystra, Iconium, then he goes through Antioch and Syria, and then he comes from there to Philippi, from Philippi he moves down into Thessalonica. So he establishes a work in Thessalonica. From there he moves on to Berea, Berea to Corinth. And then he travels back uh, uh, to uh, Jerusalem. He travels back to his home base. But as he is moving, as he is, he's just established a work in Thessalonica. He's on his journey, still on a second missionary journey. He feels he has to write back to the church there and give them certain instructions. And so while he's traveling, while he's journeying, he writes the epistle. First and second Thessalonians is the first epistle he writes. And then during his third missionary journey, he writes back to the Corinthians, the Galatians, and the Romans. Now some of the epistles he wrote to churches that he had not planted and he had not visited. Churches he had not visited. For Rome, he'd never been to Rome yet. But he writes the epistle to the Romans because he cared for them. And then... He's imprisoned in Rome, and that's when he writes these four. The one to Colossians, the one to Philemon, uh, Ephesians, and Philippians. He writes that episode from prison. He writes that. He's released for a period of time. He travels once again all across the whole region. Uh, during that time, when he's free, he, he, uh, he writes first, uh, first Timothy, Titus, and most likely Hebrews as well. He's imprisoned once again. Back in Rome, this is around 66 or 68 AD. He's imprisoned there, and he's just days away from his death. He knows he's going to die. And that's when he writes 2 Timothy, his last letter to his beloved 
son in the faith, Timothy. And that's why in that letter he says, you know, I feel my life is going to be poured out as an offering. And he makes those powerful statements. He says, I've, 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 I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. His final words. And he writes this epistle. And shortly after that, he is beheaded by Emperor Nero right there in Rome. He dies. He's killed. But one thing common in almost all of his epistles is this. Paul writes to people and he says, I am praying for you. I am praying for you. I, without ceasing, I'm praying for you. And then he details in many of his epistles what he prays for these churches. What he's praying for these believers. And again, in almost all of his epistles, he exhorts, he encourages, he invites believers to pray for him. He says, please pray for me. And then he makes his request, pray this, this, this. So it's an amazing study for us just to go through the epistles of Paul and find out what did he pray for those churches. I mean, did he pray, God, give them a lot of money, God, keep them, keep them in air conditioned? <laughs> I mean, what did he pray? What was he after for these churches? It's interesting. And I'd encourage you and me to pray those same prayers for us as believers. Nothing wrong in doing that. Pray those same prayers or pray for those same things that Paul prayed. And then, just as Paul invited people to pray for him, I'd invite you to pray for our pastoral team, for us as leaders. You can pray the same things for us. And you say, God, we pray for our pastors. The people that you said uh, in leadership over us as a local church, we pray for them, God. And you pray those same things. So what we're going to do this morning is just read through those prayers of Paul. Are you okay? Right? I don't know we're going to get through everything this morning at South. We ran out of time, so I, st I just had to stop abruptly and get make sure I come back here. So we're going to try and see whatever we can cover. Uh, we'll try to cover as much as we can, but I'd encourage you, just take this entire sermon off our website, just go online, you'll get all the prayers of Paul in this, in this sermon outline, and you can pray, use those same prayers to pray for the local church. Let's begin in the book of Romans, we're going to go sequentially, not chronologically, uh, we'll just travel from Romans on in the New Testament. Uh, there are two references to prayer as Paul writes to the Romans, remember, Rome, the church in Rome, we don't know really who established that church in Rome. We don't have that information. Paul has never been to Rome as yet. So he's writing to a church that he has not visited. But yet he writes one of the most powerful letters doctrinally. The, the epistle of Rome to, the Rome to Rome doctrinally is a powerful epistle. It talks about uh, uh, the sin of man, the sal uh, salvation through Christ, and it gives all the fundamental uh, doctrines, uh, or the, the fundamental doctrines of the Christian faith is contained in that book, or uh, the epistle to Rome. Uh, Rome, capital, head city, a metropolis of the Roman Empire, the empire that was in charge, dominant at that time, uh, a mixed culture of both Jews and Gentiles living together. Uh, being part of the church there. And Paul is writing to them. What, what does Paul say in Romans chapter 1 verse 9? He says, God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing I make mention of you in my prayer. Saying, guys at Rome, you've never seen me, I've never seen you. But God's my witness. I am praying for you. I'm praying for you. He doesn't tell us what he prays in this particular epistle. In chapter 15 of Romans uh, 15 verse 30, he invites them to pray for him. He says in Romans 15 and verse 30, Now I beg you, brethren, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, that you strive together with me in prayers to God for me. And then verse 31, 32, it's not on your slide, I, I missed that, but uh, here's what he says. He says, this is what I want you to pray, that I may be delivered from those in Judea who do not believe, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, 
that I may come to you with joy by the will of God and that you may be refreshed together and may be refreshed together with you. So he's saying, I want you to strive together. I want you to pray. And here's what I want you to pray for me. I pray that, you know, the, in Judea, that is the entire region around Jerusalem, there are people who are out to get my life. The Jewish people, although Paul was a Pharisee, now his very own people were out to kill him because he had uh, gone away from Judaism. So he says, pray that God will protect my life from them. Secondly, he says, when I go back to Jerusalem, pray that the Jerusalem church will be able to receive my ministry. Because, you know, the only thing the Jerusalem church knew about Paul was this was the man who killed Stephen. This was the man who killed so many of our people. And now he's going to come and tell us about Jesus. So for Paul just to go back to Jerusalem and minister to the believers there was a hard thing. They were for a long time unwilling to recognize who he was and the fact that he was a believer now in Jesus Christ. So he's praying, could you pray that they will receive what God wants to give them? through my life. Pray that my ministry will be received. So you can pray for us as, as pastors. God, pray that you'll protect our pastors. Pray that as they go around the country ministering in various places, people will be able to receive what you're releasing through their lives across this nation. And then he also tells them, you pray that, you know, we'll be able to get to see each other and, and, and refresh each other. For in Corinthian, to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians, uh, in his first epistle to Corinthians, he doesn't really mention much about praying for them. But I want to highlight one thing. In 1 Corinthians, uh, he's really addressing a lot of church problems. So if, you really want to, if we really want to know about how to take care of a local church, read the epistle to the Corinthians. He's addressing a lot of problems there. One thing he does point out in 1 Corinthians, the uh, chapter 14, verse 18, is this. He says, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than all of you. So right in the Corinthian church, he's talking to them, he's teaching them about praying in tongues and all that. And then he tells them, he makes the statement, you know, I'm praying in tongues more than all of you. I believe, I personally believe that a lot of the praying that Paul did for all these churches and all these believers, he did it praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. And personally, even when I spend time in prayer, if I spend an hour in prayer, sometimes two hours, sometimes three hours, if I'm just spending that time in prayer, about 90% or 95% of my time is just spent praying in tongues, praying in the Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows each one of you by name. He knows exactly what you're going through. And He knows how to solve the problems in church, in your life, in your home, in, your, in whatever. The Holy Spirit knows a whole lot better than what I know. So the best thing I can do is just set aside time and say, God, I'm praying in the Spirit. I'm praying for the church. I'm going to Holy Spirit. I'm going to invite you to help me pray for the people. And just spend that hour or two hours or three hours just praying in tongues. Just praying for the local church. Amen? And I invite you to do the same thing. When you're praying for the church, you say, Pastor, you know, I don't know what to pray for. Very good. Just pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows what's the need of the church. He knows what's the need in each of the pastor's lives. He knows exactly what needs to be prayed for. And as you just give that time aside to pray in the spirit, he's going to get a lot of things done. Amen? Pray in the spirit. Pray in tongues. Now, Pastor, I haven't yet, you know, I haven't been baptized in the Holy Ghost. I don't know what you're talking about, praying in tongues. I know Malayalam. I know Kannada. I know, I mean, which one of these languages? No, no, no. We're not talking about that. We're talking about language given to you by the Holy Spirit. So, uh, we do the Holy Spirit baptism service uh, every, uh, the first Sunday of every alternate month. So you'll have that announced. Stay back. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Ghost and praying in tongues, stay back for that. We'll tell you what it is. We'll, we'll help pray with you and, and, and you know, help you get started. Just praying in the Spirit, praying in tongues. And, and then you use that prayer, prayer language. So spend hours in prayer. You won't know how time goes by. And you could just be engaging in prayer and doing some amazing things. Just praying in the Spirit, praying for the local church. In the second epistle in 2 Corinthians, Paul tells them this in 2 Corinthians 1.11. He says, you also helping together in prayer for us. That thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. He says, look. I want you to help together with us through praying for us. So 
Take this. When you are praying, you are laboring together with your leaders, with your pastors. You are laboring together with us when you are praying for the church or when you are praying for us. You're actually becoming a co-worker. Say, coming alongside us and saying, look, I'm praying. I'm praying here with you. And just Paul says, you know, I want you to labor together with us. And uh, that thanks may be given to God for, uh, for what, what's being done, what's being released. And chapter, thir- thir- chapter 13, verse 7, 2 Corinthians 13. We look at verses 7 and 9. He says, now I pray to God that you do no evil. So what's he praying? Okay, come on, guys. What's he praying? That you do no evil. So pray the same for, ch- uh, for the church. Lord, I pray for people here that we will do no evil. That rather we will live honorably. He says, not that we should appear approved, but that you should do what is honorable. So God, we pray that we will be a body of people who will shun wickedness, who will stay out of evil, and we will live honorable lives. Lord, in our schools, in our colleges, in our place of work, when we go out on the streets, we will be honorable people. Not just in church. You know, everybody says, hallelujah, praise the Lord. <laughs> no, we need to be honorable people outside. So pray. God, we pray that we'll be a community of believers who do no evil, but that we'll live honorable lives. And Paul is saying, this is why I'm praying, not because we want to look good, because anyway, in the, in the eyes of the world, we're already disqualified. But I want you to live good lives, honorable lives. And that's what he said, I'm praying for you. And then in verse 9, he says, for we are glad when we are weak and strong, and this also we pray that you may be made complete. That word complete there is to be fully equipped. Saying, look, we are praying that you will be fully equipped. That we, you will come to that place of maturity in God. Where you are fully equipped to do what God's called you to do. That you will have no lack in, in, in doing what God's calling you to do. I'm praying that you, will be fully com- that you will be complete. God, we are praying for maturity. We are praying for equipping of the believers to take place. So you can pray that for the local church. The epistle to Philippians, and I love these two prayers in Philippians. And I think it's probably, if you, if you say, you know, uh, one of those prayers that are very descriptive in content, it's the prayers, uh, the, the two prayers uh, in the epistle of Philippians. And I, and, I, and I want us to pay attention to Paul's prayers there. In Ephesians chapter 1 and again in chapter 3. They're very powerful. Uh, in chapter 1, Paul is praying this for the believers. He says in verse 16. Now, the church in Ephesus was a church Paul did established himself. He spent over three years there working in, in, in Ephesus. And now he's away. He's praying for them. Paul is at this time in, in prison. He's, he's writing to them. He says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So here's another thing you can do for the church. Give thanks for the church. When was the last time you said, God, I thank you for APC? Paul says, I give thanks for you. God, I thank you for the believers here. I thank you for this community. I thank you, you know, you may know some people around you. Say, God, I thank you for these people. I thank you for them. I I thank you for the worship team. God, they just help us worship you. I I I give thanks for you. Give thanks to God for the church. And then he says, "Uh, I make mention of you in my prayers. Verse 17. That the God, and what is he praying? This is what I'm praying. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you what? Gold, silver, precious stones. No. I pray that he will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So here's what I'm praying. God, give people the Holy Spirit who will bring wisdom, revelation, so that they can know you. So pray that for the church. God, let the work of the Holy Spirit increase in us. Give us more wisdom. Give us more revelation that we may be able to know you. That as people come to the church who don't know God, they will encounter the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And slowly in their hearts, they will begin to come to know Him. Know God. Pray for that. God, pour out your spirit of wisdom, revelation. And then he continues. He says, 
that the uh, that the, verse 18 that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened so you pray god enlighten our eyes the eyes of our understanding we need to know more we need to understand more for what that you may know what is the hope of his calling that you may know what is the hope of his call that means what is the purpose what is the plan what is the purpose of god for your life so you pray that just put it in simple english god i pray that you will grant to us lord the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can know you god because we can't know god through our minds and our intellect and our our reasoning we need the holy spirit enlighten our minds let the eyes of our understanding be open god and lord we pray that we will be a community of people where each one of us will know the purpose you have for our lives some of us make life happen some of us life happens to us <laughs> so what are you doing in life i don't know it's just happening <laughs> right paul is praying he says i want them to know what is the hope to which he's called us i mean what's the calling of god what's the purpose of god why did god call us i want them to know that so he's praying that and then he says i also pray that they will know the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints think about how valuable we are that we are his inheritance that really we are his purchased possession we are his treasured people the glory of his inheritance in the saints we are his inheritance and god values it he treasures us greatly because we are his inheritance and then the fourth thing he prays is that you may know the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe i want believers to know how great is his power towards us so there are four key things here that he's praying and you and i can pray the same thing for us as believers in chapter 3 he prays some more and uh, he describes a little bit more what he's praying so let's go to chapter 3 verses 14 through 90 are you all with me i have gone home still here pastor i've been there in the body but my mind is already home you know Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 through 19 What does Paul say? Says for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. So he's saying look I'm praying for you. This is what I'm doing. What's he praying verse 16? That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner So what's he praying? Put it in simple English. I'm praying that you will become strong in your spirit. So when some people come and say, "Pastor, please pray for me. Today is my birthday. Today is my anniversary. This that." Okay, I don't know exactly what to pray for, but here's what I pray. God, strengthen them in their spirit. Make them strong in their spirit. That's what Paul pray. I pray that God by his holy spirit will strengthen you in your inner man so that's something we can pray for us as a church god i pray that you'll make us a community of people where each one of us are strengthened by the holy spirit in our inner person make us strong in the spirit that's what he pray and then he says i'm praying that you will that christ verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and breadth and length and height and know the love of Christ with passes knowledge that you'll be filled with all the fullness of God three things he's saying that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith God I want your rule your reign Christ his who he is to fill our lives may Christ may dwell in your hearts that i want you to be rooted and grounded in love and and to know this this amazing infinite love of god to come to an understanding to this place where you settle that in the love of god that god loves you and 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 just to be able to comprehend this great love that god has so pray god I, we want to be a people who know the love of god who know that we are loved by god we are we're cared by god and we want to be a people who are filled with all the fullness of god so how do i know what we're really filled with well when you squeeze a sponge that's when you know what is really filled with right 
So when you go through those pressure moments in life, that's when we know what you're really filled with. But he's saying, I'm praying that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. That means you be filled with God himself in your life. That's the kind of people I want us to be, filled with all the fullness of God. So you and I can take these prayers and pray. I want us to look at one more passage and then we will take a few minutes to pray and we'll close. There are several, all, almost all the episodes, you'll find prayers. And, and I'd encourage you to take the sermon outline and, and look at all those prayers and use those prayers to pray. We're going to look at one more passage and this is in Colossians. So we're going to skip some of these slides here. Go straight to Colossians chapter 1. Here's another record of what Paul prayed for believers, for the local church. Now remember, Colossae is a place Paul has not visited. He's never seen these believers. But he has a great concern for them. So he writes to them, and he says in verse 3, Colossians chapter 1, verse 3, We give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. So it's Believers in Colossae, I want you to know something. I'm thanking God for you. And I'm always praying for you. I'm praying. And he skip a few verses and he tells us what he prays for them. And I think this is really wonderful here. Uh, very descriptive of what he's praying. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. He says, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. So what am I praying? Pray God, we pray here will be a people who will know your will. Fill them with your wisdom and understanding so that they will know your will. Wouldn't it be so wonderful when, when all of us here know God's will? This is what God wants me to do concerning my job, my career, my business, my marriage, my education, whatever, different things in life. That we are a people who are filled with the knowledge of His will. So you pray that. Fill us, Lord, with wisdom and understanding. Because it takes wisdom and understanding to know the will of God. What else does He pray for them? He says, verse 10. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him. God, we pray that we will be a people who are walking worthy of the Lord. Always doing what's pleasing to Him. Being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11. Strengthened with all might according to His glorious power. For all patience and long-suffering with Joy. So he's saying, God, I'm praying that there will be a people who are fruitful in everything they do. Let them be blessed. Let them see fruit. Let them see results in everything they do. Being fruitful in every good work. Let them be strengthened, become strong in their inner man, God. Strengthen them. And how do you know you're strong when you're able to demonstrate patience and long-suffering? That's how we know you've got strength in your spirit. So he says, I pray that you'll be strengthened with might in your inner man unto all patience and long-suffering. That you'll be able to go through what you're going through. I'm praying that you'll be strengthened. Amen? Here's just a little sampling of those prayers that Paul prayed. There's, there's a lot more in the other episodes. But what, what, what I want us to do right now before we close here is to take a few minutes where we are all going to pray for the church. Right? So if you want, we'll just go to the last slide. If you want, you can pick one of these passages um, that I mentioned. You can take the one in Ephesians or you take the one that we just read in Colossians. Or you just pray in your own words and pray for us as a local church. Say, God, I'm going to pray now for this local church that you made me a part of. You've given me the opportunity to be a part of right now. You can use any one of these passages or you can pray these things in your own words. Of course, you can pray for our ministries. You can pray for the needs of the church and all that. But most importantly, pray for these things that we saw Paul pray about. Pray for us. All right? So let's just take some time right now just to pray. I want everyone to pray. Just pray for the local church. Just say, God, I thank you. Thank you for this church. So give thanks. Begin by giving thanks. God, I thank you. You made me a part of this church. It's just tolerable, bearable, but thank you. Whatever you feel about the church, just be honest with God. Say, God, thank you. 
this is where I am. Thank you for and give him thanks. Whatever you feel that you want to thank God about for this church, thank him. And then start praying for some specific things for the church. You could use any of these things we saw this morning from the epistles of Paul. You could pray that we will be filled with the spirit of wisdom and understanding. We're filled with the knowledge of his will. We will walk honorably before God. We'll be complete in him. Whatever you feel, just pray for the church. Father God, we just pray. We are thankful, Father. We are thankful for this local body. We thank you for every person that you placed in this congregation, God. We thank you for what you are doing in us and through us. We are thankful for it. We are grateful to you. And Father, we join our hearts this morning just to pray for ourselves as a church, as a local body. We pray, Father, for the spirit of wisdom and revelation upon our lives, that we might grow in the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding God will be enlightened, that we may know you, Father, more and more and more and more, that we will increase in our knowledge of the Lord. Father God, that we will be a people who are filled with the knowledge of your will, God. That we will know what you want us to do in any such situation, any circumstance. We will be able to understand, discern, and know what is pleasing to you and walk in the knowledge of your will. Father, we pray that we will be strengthened in our inner man, that everyone here, God, will become strong in the spirit, that we will be strengthened in our inner man by your Holy Spirit, God, that we will be able, Lord, to arise above our situations, arise above our circumstances, that we will, Lord, be able to, to persevere, to endure, that because of the strength that comes from the Holy Spirit, Father. Lord, we, will, we pray that we will be a people, God, who are rooted and grounded in the love of God, that we will be a people who walk knowing that God loves us intensely, that God, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Father, we pray that we will be a people who will be overwhelmed with the knowledge of your love, knowing that God, you love us. And Father, we pray that you will make us a blessing to our city, make us a blessing to our nation, and make us a blessing to the nations of this world. We pray you'll raise up many leaders, God, in this congregation. Raise up men and women, God, who will have impact and influence for you in the marketplace, on the mountain of business, on the mountain of education, on the mountain of, of government, in media, in arts, in entertainment, in every sphere of society. Raise up men and women who will, be, will have an impact for your kingdom, God. Father, we pray we'll raise up apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. Mighty anointed men and women, raise them up, oh God, from our midst. And use them powerfully in our city and across our nation and in the nations, Father. Father, we pray that you'll increase what you're doing in us, through us. So that the name of your son, Jesus Christ, and his name alone is honored and glorified. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So can you pray something like this at home or when you're driving in your car or wherever, anywhere, anytime, just pray for the church. Labor together for the church. I believe if more of us begin to pray for the church, we're going to see amazing things we're going to happen. Amen? Why? Because people are praying and God's answering. Things are happening. Souls are getting saved. Believers are being strengthened. The city is being reached. The nation is being reached. Amen? Let's rise to our feet. We're close. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. If there's anybody here this morning, maybe this is your first time to church, but you've never received Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life. You never pray that prayer to commit your life to Jesus and make him, let him, welcome him as your savior, as your Lord. I just want to lead you in a simple prayer. 
So you can ask Jesus to come into your life, ask him to forgive you your sins and make you a child of God. If you've never done that before, here's your opportunity. You can just pray this prayer with me. Out of your own heart. Just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life. Forgive my sins. And make me a child of God. Show your plan, your purpose for my life. Lead me, Lord, to live for you and you alone the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody here this morning, you prayed this prayer first time with me. So would you mind, if you don't mind, just put your hand up. Anybody? You prayed this prayer for the very first time. You prayed a prayer with me this morning. I see one hand. Anybody else put a high up? God bless you. Anybody else? You prayed this prayer for the very first time up in the balcony. Anybody? You prayed this prayer for the very first time. God bless you. Thank you so much. God's go, um, you're going to receive a packet there. Uh, there's a book in the packet that's called Foundations. And we'd encourage you to go through that book. It'll teach you some of the basic things that you need to know as a person who's following Jesus Christ. Uh, we encourage you to do that. All right, let's close in prayer. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each one of us today and always. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Have a restful Sunday afternoon. And we'll see you again. Thanks. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.